Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hi, I'm Penelope Sanchez. My mom is Yvonne. And she's recording at home with me. And she's recording at home with me. So her show is going to sound different. So her show is going to sound different. But that's okay. It will help keep everyone safe. But that's okay. It will help keep everybody safe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. I love you. The new coronavirus is here. Arizona is expected to hit peak illnesses this month and peak hospitalizations in May. Downtowns, shopping centers, schools, parking lots, churches, gyms, swimming pools are essentially quiet and they're eerie as people are practicing social distancing. And it's no secret this is hurting business, both employees and employers. But just how badly is it hurting them? Which industries or local businesses are hurting the worst? How does this sudden downturn compare to the 08 Great Recession? And most importantly, how will we get out of it? And when will it end? Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic. This week on The Gaggle, we're examining the economic fallout of COVID-19. Here to join us this week are Russ Wiles and Ryan Rendazzo. Russ is our business and economy reporter at The Republic. Ryan covers business and utilities. They both covered the state's climb out of the Great Recession, and we're leaning on them again today for their expertise. Thanks so much for joining us, you guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, we've all seen the terrifying headlines about the disastrous state of the economy and the stock market amid the pandemic. Can you just kind of give us the straight skinny, how bad is it really here in Arizona? Well, I'll just say briefly, um, that's still being determined. I mean, that's part of the problem. There's a lot of uncertainty. But some of the numbers out there are, are quite mind-boggling. For example, uh, I just saw a uh, and reported on a economic projection that Maricopa County will GDP, you know, output, the economic output of Maricopa County could drop you know, about 23%, which is, you know, stunning. And yet we won't be hit as hard as some of the other, uh, some other places. Maybe Ryan can already attest to some of the unemployment claims spike out there. Yeah, the the jobless claims are really the other early indicator that we got. And in just the last two weeks, we had about as many people file for jobless benefits as had done so after more than a year of the Great Recession. So in about 14 days time, more Arizonans were put out of work than after 18 months or so of, of the Great Recession. So that's the terrifying part of it. Um, do we have any sense of when this economic carnage might end? 
Well, I think that's the biggest question. Not so much how bad is the drop, but when will we start to recover? And I just think that, you know, a lot of people are still trying to figure that out. But I guess if we look at China and some of the other countries as a as a guide, um, I think things will start to look better once, you know, the number of cases, infections, hospitalizations slows. Um, certainly if they start to plateau and even decline, that would be better. But I think it, a lot of the cue will be from the, the health aspect of this. And as far as the impact compared to other states, I mean, Arizona this time of year is really tourism dependent. Um, and so is Nevada. So our immediate impact is going to be just as bad or worse than, than some other places just because of how our economy is tilted this time of year when we're supposed to have a lot of folks from out of state here spending money, going to spring training games, spending 250 bucks a night on their hotel, uh, or doing, uh, conferences, you know, coming here, um, with an expense account from their from their company, you know, that is all just dropped off. And so it's a really bad time of year for this to happen to Arizona businesses. So the immediate impact is going to be pretty severe here in Arizona. Ryan, I want to go back to just the scale of the job losses here in Arizona. What can we compare just the tremendous loss of of jobs to uh, beyond the Great Recession? There's never been a period like this in Arizona's history where this many people were out of work, uh, especially this fast. I mean, even during the Great Recession, a week when 10,000 people applied for jobless benefits was a really bad week. And we had nine times that many last week alone and three times that the prior week. Do we know within uh, job industries sort of where this has been most acute? The numbers I've seen of, of layoffs, um, to no surprise, leisure, travel, tourism, hospitality has been at the top of the list. Auto manufacturing is, is moving up. Um, and that's why, in some sense, we're not going to be hit as bad as some areas. Uh, I had mentioned earlier that um, uh, this one group that I uh, talked with, Stratodemic Analytics, they had predicted 23% GDP drop for Maricopa County, they're expecting 30% or so in some heavily tourism areas such as Nevada, Florida, and approaching 40% in northern Indiana, Michigan, where there's a lot of auto manufacturing. So, you know, auto manufacturing and a lot of manufacturing is, is heading up the, the rising to the top of the charts, but still it's overwhelmingly leisure, hospitality, travel, tourism. And in Arizona, we don't have a shutdown on the construction industry, which is a major employer here. Uh, that's not uniform across the country, but it seems that most construction projects are still moving ahead here in the state, including big road projects. They have all kinds of new uh, procedures in place to keep workers safe and keep them distanced on the job. But um, that's, uh, I guess if you could call it that, a bright spot in the Arizona economy, unlike other places where those folks have been sent home. So Arizona was among the slowest to recover from the Great Recession. Do you guys have a sense as to whether this will be just as bad this go around? Uh, my sense is not necessarily. That was much more focused on speculative house development and such. Um, this is almost more of a self-induced medical coma. Uh, employers and government officials are contracting the economy almost on purpose. I mean, they're making 
people stay away from their jobs. It's not like the jobs are necessarily going to disappear and forever. It's not like uh, an auto manufacturing plant that's going to close down permanently because of foreign competition. A lot of these jobs are going to return. Um, it's just a question of when. And obviously, I mean, if it, if it starts, you know, in the fall season with our tourism business, that should be a plus. One of the key factors here is small businesses and, and the length of this downturn really is going to determine whether they come out of this or not. So about 40% of the state's workforce uh, works for a small company. And those are among the hardest hit because that's a lot of the food service and retail. And, you know, whether those companies can hang on for a month and continue to pay their rent or get a one-month abatement or two-month abatement on rent would make a huge difference. If this goes much longer, you're going to see entrepreneurs that just basically throw in the towel. I mean, why are they going to keep paying rent on a building they're not sure they're going to be able to reopen? Or why are they going to hang on to employees who they're not sure they can continue to pay once this uh, once this ends? So the, the length of the downturn is really key in how they decide what to do with their businesses right now. And there will be shifts. I mean, it's not like restaurant meals are going to disappear forever. If small boutique eateries go under, other maybe bigger chains will come in and fill the void. So there's going to be shifts among, you know, market share and all that. Um, but certainly Ryan's right. A lot of the smaller businesses that didn't have much of a, a financial cushion probably will close forever. Okay, so let's talk about what recovery might look like. Uh, economists use some shorthand to talk about V-shaped recoveries where we go way down fast and then come right back up quickly, sort of like a V or something that might take a little bit longer that might look more like, say, a U or the dreaded hockey stick L-shaped uh, scenario where the economy sort of falls off and then just stays flat for a prolonged period. Russ, what at this point do we have as far as, uh, you know, guessing what Arizona's recovery might look like? Well, for the economists and others I've talked to, the consensus seems to be somewhere between a V-shaped and a, and a U-shaped. Um, there's a fair amount of optimism that, you know, because it, the decline has been so sudden and sharp that we might get a fairly good uh, bounce back uh, uh, on the upside. It's really hard to say for sure, but um, I guess that's where the consensus seems to be right now. So you talked a little bit about the restaurant industry and, and we might see some sort of permanent economic changes uh, with some of those smaller restaurants uh, or smaller kind of local chains. How else might we expect to see kind of a fundamental shift in our economy once we come out of this thing? I think we're already seeing it. I mean, we're doing this uh, discussion, for example, from the comfort of our homes rather than our office building. Uh, there's going to be more telemedicine. There's going to be more telecommuting, uh, maybe more robotic deliveries, stuff like that. There's a lot of innovation out there. I mean, that's the good thing that I think a lot of companies are going to come in with very sought after products and services. But for sure, some items are not going to be as desired as much and others more so. And the convention industry, too, it'll be interesting to see whether people still uh, participate in that to the degree that they did before this. That could have a big impact on Arizona. You know, the Phoenix Convention Center, our largest hotel in the state is a convention hotel. Um, so that could really reshape their future. 
I think commercial real estate is going to be a fascinating, fascinating and potentially very worrisome area. I mean, if you're a big, let's take State Farm, for example, um, not that they've mentioned anything about this, but, you know, they had 6,000 roughly employees at a four building campus over in overlooking Tempe Town Lake. They transitioned those almost the entire staff to work at home fairly quickly. So the question is, do they really need four buildings as before? And I think a lot of companies, including our own, are going to be asking that same question, especially when I think a lot of workers aren't going to want to come back into an office environment necessarily. Um, let's talk about the rescue checks uh, that the government is going to be sending out here soon. How much difference is that going to make for the average Arizonan? And what can you tell us about small business disaster loans as well? Well, I think the checks will make a, a difference. I mean, um, at least short term. And here's an interesting statistic. The basic per person stimulus uh, re, uh, refund, rebate, whatever you want to call it, is about $1,200 per person. Prior to this recession, 40% of the population couldn't even put their hands on $1,000. So right then, you know, they can double their, uh, you know, their emergency savings. The problem is, of course, it's not going to be recurring. It's only going to be a short-term uh, jolt, so to speak. And Ryan, what about small business loans? So the state has about 110,000 small businesses with employees. And so you, that sort of gives you the scale of how many loans would have to be processed to, you know, to save all of those companies. Uh, some of them aren't going to need it. Uh, some of them, very few, aren't affected by this. But those businesses that need help, um, they are going to have a crush of loan applications. And it's a difficult decision when I talk with them. You know, they're deciding to take on new debt at a time when there's a lot of uncertainty about, you know, what the business is going to look like in a couple of months. A couple of them did it already. They took out a disaster loan. They paid all their fixed expenses for the next year. And so they basically, you know, are bagging it for a year and then they'll start paying off that loan next year. So they, uh, you know, had a lot of confidence that they would come out of this. But now, you know, in, into the third or fourth week here, that's not such an easy decision. There's another loan tool available from the government to allow them to continue to pay payroll. But again, that feels risky to a business owner that they're going to take out money to continue to pay payroll when a week from now the business conditions might be substantially worse. Uh, I mean, if the if the virus continues to spread and the lockdowns um, become more strict. So they have a lot of really difficult um, decisions to make, but there are tools out there for small businesses that uh, want to keep things going. Is there anything else that the state of Arizona can do or should be doing to make kind of the, the economic harm less serious or something that could maybe speed up the recovery? I mean, we've seen what the federal government has done, but is there anything that the that the state here locally can do? Well, it, you know, this state has not been as strict as others. I think that's been pretty well documented by our staff. And so that's the experiment. You know, we have left parts of our economic engine running uh, during this. And, and that's the question. Would we get through this quicker if we shut down everything to a greater degree and got the virus under control quicker? Or is it going to wind up being better in the long run for Arizona residents that not everything went to zero and that things like construction and, you know, the salons and, and some other industries are allowed to, to continue chugging along if they can? Okay, so tens of thousands of Arizonans are out of jobs or are being furloughed, and that includes us, by the way. 
Uh, are there any surprise winners in this whole uh, pandemic? Uh, anybody who's hiring right now? Well, I think uh, a lot of the supermarkets, uh, retailers, uh, delivery services have been kind of hard pressed for, for staff. I mean, uh, we've seen uh, entities such as Kroger, which owns Fry's, Albertsons, Safeway, Walmart, uh, and I believe Amazon too, all announcing uh, job hiring events or, or, or demand for new workers in the last couple of weeks. Including the Arizona-based ones, Bashes, uh, Sprouts, th- those guys. I've got to imagine that there's some more um, jobs available in trucking and logistics because that seems to be the gap that everyone points to of why some of the shelves are are not stocked. Um, but there's going to be a lot of churn in that too. Just for example, the the company that distributes comic books across the U.S. has stopped distributing. So there's obviously some truck drivers who delivered those comics who are out of work, but presumably they're finding employment, delivering some other good um, that does need to get to the stores. And I'm certainly hoping for new construction of a toilet paper factory out here so we can have some more uh, people in that industry. (laughs) Oh, man. Russ, we know you don't give individual financial advice to folks, but a couple just two broad questions. Should people be moving money around in their 401ks and should they still be contributing to their 401ks at this point? My general answer is yes, but that's kind of based on my own personal view. I mean, if you don't think you're going to need to tap into your account in the next three months, six months, a year or so, I would probably just leave it alone. I mean, I think a lot of the damage obviously has already been done. Um, but it's kind of an individualized um, decision. Um, I would say that, you know, too much moving around it could be self-defeating. We've seen how quickly this stock market can, can move on both the downside and the upside. And it's just extremely difficult to time these decisions, even for, for professionals. So, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, one of the best pieces of advice I might have seen lately is titled to the effect, uh, don't just do something, stand there. You know, it's the reverse of, you know, the, we feel a need to take action, but it's not necessarily the best decision. And when it comes to continuing to contribute, should people keep contributing to their 401ks? Yeah, if you can. I mean, uh, this is, you know, prices are 30 percent lower than they were, you know, a month ago. You're going to buy more. You're going to have more bang for the buck if you can look at take a long term view of things. Well, Russ and Ryan, uh, that's all we have for you. Um, Thanks so much for doing this. We appreciate it. Stay healthy and safe and uh, find us some good news on the economy, please. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. Take care. Thank you. All right, Gaggle listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. So, Congress has essentially passed three rounds of emergency relief packages. And these are economic packages that are intended to help individuals, help small businesses, and really ensure that the economy doesn't completely come to a standstill uh, amid the pandemic. And already they're talking about a fourth stimulus package or emergency relief package, however you want to refer to them as. Ron, what's the likelihood of Congress moving on, on a fourth package and what might that look like? 
Well, I think it's very likely they're going to do a fourth round just because this thing is likely to drag on well past whatever the the shelf life of round three is supposed to be. Remember, those checks that everyone's going to get, that's a one-time deal. So if this goes on past, say, one pay period, there's still going to be a lot of people feeling a lot of financial pain. That's going to necessitate action, I'm sure. What we've already seen, though, is that in Washington, we're sort of uh, going back to the default partisan polarization here. Democrats have things on their wish list as to what the shape of that fourth round should look like. And Mitch McConnell in the Senate certainly has a different view of what he would like to have done. So uh, it's I think it's hard to predict right now what that fourth round will look like. I think it's a pretty safe bet there will be a fourth round. So already House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and others have suggested that a fourth stimulus package that they would like to see at least would include massive amounts of new spending on infrastructure. Uh, Majority leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, meanwhile, is saying, look, we're in no rush to have a fourth stimulus package. And we're not going to give Democrats, you know, their whole kind of ideological wish list of things that that they want. I mean, how do you see this thing kind of playing out, Ron? You know, it's tricky because, uh, as always, the president is going to have uh, a lot of input on this, and, and he's always a wild card. I think he has indicated some interest in doing something on infrastructure. We've sort of joked about this for years now that this is infrastructure week. This is this is the time they're really going to do it. And it does have this kind of feel of Lucy and yanking the football away from Charlie Brown for all us reporters. But I think this time truly may be different. They're going to be in search of justifiable federal spending to try and get the economy uh, juiced again. And obviously, if you look at the uh, borrowing costs right now, they have plummeted. So you're never going to do it much cheaper than this. And Donald Trump has said as much. So his appetite for this will certainly go a long ways towards sort of pushing this towards something that may be more toward what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats might want. But as always, this thing has been hung up for years in large part because they couldn't agree on the the financing structure of it. And it's still, you know, it's not a deal until they've got everyone signed on it. And I think one of the things that really has to happen for Congress's relief packages to be successful, at least with a portion of the public and probably a large portion, is the government and elected officials need to do a very good job of destigmatizing what it means to rely on the government for help, right? I mean, there is a stigma with some people that is really, especially conservatives, that is really associated with asking the government for help and taking advantage of some of these programs that are really designed to help the public, you know, whether what is going to be a really difficult um, economic storm. So I would expect to hear quite a bit more messaging from um, our federal officials, from the governor to really, you know, sign up for these small business loans, sign up for some of these programs that maybe a month ago you couldn't even imagine yourself doing. Yeah, this is going to cause a lot of us to rethink a lot of what we do in our lives. Well, Gaggle listeners, that's all for today. Please stay safe out there and practice social distancing. 
We want to let you know that over the next few months, you might only hear from one of us at a time. If you're an AZ Central reader, you may have seen the headlines recently that Gannett employees across the country are being furloughed one week a month through June. The Arizona Republic is owned by Gannett, so that includes us. Don't worry, we still intend to bring you the gaggle each week, but some weeks Ron will be off and other weeks I'll be off. And we'll read nothing into the the downloads based on who's on and who's off, right? Uh, Look, that's why it's more important than ever to subscribe to AZ Central if you can and visit azcentral.com slash join. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was produced by the lovely Taylor Seeley with oversight from Katie O'Connell. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.